Hello, welcome to the Lecture Preparation Podcast. I'm Daniel Raymond, and today we are looking at the Epiphany of the Lord, Year B. And this is, um, in many cultures, considered to be the most important day of uh, the Christmas season. This is the day in many cultures uh, the exchange of presents occurs, mimicking the um, the giving of presents uh, in the Christmas story. But either way, whether um, our readings today are very optimistic. Uh, we start with the book of Isaiah. This is third Isaiah, where Isaiah is preaching to give hope to the Israelites at a very low point in their history, a very low point in their lives. And Isaiah at this point is really acting like a motivational speaker. He is telling his audience to look at what's ahead of them if they only really believe and really put themselves towards their faith. He's really kind of being um, Tony Robbins here. He is um, really selling them on believing in their future. And notice how often in this reading, he uses the word you. He is constantly saying that you have this available to you. This is what's going to happen to you. You can really emphasize those yous and attaching the yous to the great things that are going to happen for them. Now, when you listen to me do it, you might think, oh, that's, uh, that's a little bit too far for me. And, and, and obviously, of course, as I've said before, you have to do these readings in a way that is authentic to you. But it's equally important, do not use that as an excuse for why you can't be a really effective speaker and a really effective lector. You can be a great speaker, a great lector, a very effective proclaimer of the word, and don't think that that you aren't capable of it. I'm basically I'm doing the same thing Isaiah is doing. I'm I'm, I'm making you believe in what you are capable of doing, uh, even if it's not exactly like me. Don't use the fact that you may not have have as many years of experience with voiceovers and and lecturing and narration that you can't be the best possible lector, the most effective lector, the most effective presenter of the word. Don't let being authentic, being a way of feeling you can't do a really great job. Um, So with that thought, because I hear people say, well, Dan, that's very good, but I don't have your voice. And that's almost nothing that I'm saying in these in these podcasts is predicated on having to have a trained baritone voice. Uh, everything I'm saying about pausing, emphasis, um, presentation, breathing, uh, all have to do with anybody's voice. And so to try to keep that in mind, because I am going to be doing this in a in a a very high energy way. Um, and, and again, the, the very high energy may not be uh, authentically you. But don't meet, don't use that as an excuse to say you have to be ineffective. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick clouds cover the peoples. But upon you, the Lord shines, and over you appears his glory. Nations shall walk by your light, and kings by your shining radiance. Raise your eyes and look about. They all gather and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters in the arms of their nurses. 
Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow, for the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. Caravans of camels shall fill you. Dromedaries from Midian and Ephah, all from Sheba shall come, bearing gold and frankincense and proclaiming the praises of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Background point on that. Say Midian and Ephah and Sheba as if they're real and important places and not like words that nobody really knows about. Say them like they were New York and Chicago. Say them like they were real places that really mean something. Uh, moving on to the second reading, we have St. Paul talking to the Ephesians. And St. Paul is also here being really encouraging, uh, but also wanting to, to bolster the uh, legitimacy of his own apostleship, even though he wasn't one of the original 12, the, the, the legitimacy of his mission to them, and therefore the legitimacy of their having received the faith from him. And it's a little bit like Isaiah in that regard, but also Paul is talking about a secret, a secret not revealed to previous ages, but now made clear by a manifestation to him. So uh, there is naturally a certain tone of voice that you give when you're discussing a secret. And so you could and so tap into that a little bit when using this when speaking this reading and it will uh, enhance the effectiveness of your reading. Also, Paul is being, at least starts out, in a very casual way. And, and again, let your uh, presentation of the reading reflect that kind of casualness. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit, namely, that the mystery has been made known to me by revelation. It was not made to known to people of other generations, but it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The word of the Lord. Again, a post note there. When you get to the, when you get, when you've been building up the, this, this secret, when you actually get to the secret, make it really, really sort of enunciate and push out each word that the Gentiles are now co-heirs. As we, you know, because that will emphasize the importance that Paul is giving to that word, those words, and the, in fact, very uh, significant implications of those words that the gentiles are now coerced with the jews is not something that is just you know you know in hindsight that we may take for granted but in the era of the ephesians and the church of ephesus that was a really um it was a revelation but also one with huge implications uh theologically okay moving on to the gospel of matthew we have the very familiar story of the three magi. Um, in popular songs and hymns, and we, we hear the term the, the three kings, but the actual reading, depending on the translation, will say astrologers or magi, which is much more accurate. If you think about it, 
a king traveling to another country would bring with him a huge retinue and have foreign policy implications and even worries of war. Um, and so since none of that is going on here, it is much more accurate to think that these are scholars, wise men, astrologers, um, uh, individuals of significant learning and uh, knowledge, but not of huge political importance, that they would be literally kings. I've always sort of found this uh, amusing that uh, at the end it says that the Magi had were um, told in a dream not to return to uh, um, to Herod, but it's actually pretty obvious when you look at all the other circumstances of the re- re- the uh, the reading that it would have been if these guys are actually wise men they would have been as obvious to them as the noses on their camel's face that returning to Herod with this knowledge and information about a child that clearly was not his as an heir would um, lead to no good. Uh, as the Bible later uh, illustrates, it, it, did, it would have led, it did lead to no good. So it, I found it kind of redundant that uh, they had to be told in a dream. But really you should be kind of leading up to that in the whole um, reading before it that, you know, the... Uh, what was going on, uh, how uh, perhaps give a notion of the significance of that this news would have had to Herod. Uh, so let me give it a, a, a read through uh, as I would do it. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard of this, he was greatly troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Assembling the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired to them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem, and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word, and I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out, and behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them, and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another route. The Gospel of the Lord. Have a blessed day, a wonderful Sunday of Epiphany, and uh, God bless.